future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Live, Love, Thrive kickoff. Here we are uh, for our Women's Empowerment Hour, where every week we're going to bring you amazing women's stories to motivate you and uh, encourage you to live your own highest self. And so today we have uh, incredible 360 Karma women. That's what I call them because our 360 Karma community is all about women's empowerment. Uh, 360karma.com is the producer of this show, and uh, basically uh, we produce platforms like this one to uh, encourage women to help each other. Uh, We don't need to compete with one another. Uh, We need to really, you know help each other out, kind of like an old boys club, but I know we don't want to call it the old girls club, so I refer to it as the uh, bold girls club. And uh, I think by uh, us helping each other, we can move into more positions of influence and have more women at the table. And won't that make the world a better place? You know, it's tough times here in the world, and uh, we need to put our focus on all the positive things that are happening. And so I have two incredible women here today that I want to showcase their stories and share them with you and uh, so happy to have them here. That would be Juliet Huck, who is the author of The Equation of Persuasion, and Nick Casey, a groundbreaking entrepreneur who will be on later in the show. So welcome, Juliet Huck. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You you are an incredible role model to women. Um, I know... You have worked on some of the highest profile cases out there, like uh, the Enron case, Scott Peterson, Kobe Bryant. Tell uh, my audience, uh, how did you get involved in such high profile cases and what exactly do you do for them? And the big question that everyone always asks me about you, which side were you on? <laughs> that's a yeah. load. That's a couple loaded questions there. Okay. Um, but I got into the business actually quite a while ago, uh, almost 20 years ago. And I started to see where there was a need for storytelling and people to connect with very complicated subject matters. And over time, I started to see where this was a model that started forming itself, which I call the equation of persuasion. Mm-hmm. And that's the formula that you have to be able to start relating to one another, and then you also have to have retention levels that have to you know, be risen. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? And so when I got into some of these large cases, I worked like on the Enron litigation, it wasn't just about accounting, it was about principles of lying and cheating, and people could relate to that much easier than the accounting principles, because we're not accountants, right? right. Not very many people were going to be accountants sitting so on that So what jury. you're doing is really groundbreaking, because when you uh, uh, approach these cases, uh, you were approaching them in a different way than anyone else had. Exactly. So they were presenting, they were informing people and giving facts where you, uh, and, and I've read your <laughs> book, and I know the equation of persuasion is really something that anybody could use for any business that they have. Right. Uh, and that is, you teach about, instead of informing people, you persuade people. Right. 
What exactly does that mean? Uh, well, I, I define persuasion as a directed action. Mm-hmm. And one of the best examples I use quite often is uh, Al Gore's movie, The Inconvenient Truth. Mm-hmm. The Inconvenient Truth was a powerful movie, but it didn't direct us to do anything differently. Right. Um, so what happened is we walked out of the movie theater not quite sure knowing what to do. Right. Of course, today we have some you know, transition of you know, electric cars and new light bulbs and things, but we didn't have the movement right. because no one <clears throat> excuse me, was directed exactly to what we can do to fix the problem. Yeah, I did feel that way when I saw that movie. I thought, wow, this is powerful, but uh, what are we going to do we to gonna, change yeah, it? Right. We know yeah. we're now informed. Yeah. That's a call to action, which yeah. I, to inform someone is a call or to invite. Right. But to persuade someone is to direct them to what you need them to finish the, the job to do. And, and so, that's why this applies to any business. It applies and, to any business. In most businesses, people are, are informing you or, right. or selling you. Right. And instead, they should be persuading you and directing you. Right. right? right. And, and the way to do that that is yeah. like through the formula you really have to get out of your own shoes and get yeah. in the shoes of your decision maker and it's kind of where we are in the world today with right. race relations and things we don't have a lot of empathy for each other right we're starting with our own beliefs first instead of looking into the eyes of the person who we want to be with and have right. them make a decision that something we may need right so we're not and, looking and at compassion point, and empathy. Uh, what you're saying is that you know in the world there's all this uh, tension right now right and the way to for us to uh, have that subside is, uh, is is encouraging people to step in other people's shoes. Exactly. So uh, if you're not uh, African-American or you're not gay or you're not Jewish or whatever it is, well, uh, put yourself in that person's shoes and how you'd feel. And, you know, and that's that exactly what I do. make the world right. better, right? That's exactly yeah. what I do for a job. I basically, wow. I, I work around the empathetic way of saying, I don't understand, so help me to understand. So give me, uh, like, for instance, on the Enron case, which side were you on? I was on the Department of Justice case side. Okay. Right? Okay. And uh, so I was actually recommended and referred to that case. Right. Uh, based so on they my... basically won because of you. Well, no, I don't say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, you had a big part in it. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I definitely was very, very grateful to be part of that. And, right. the, and the Department of Justice was extremely collaborative. That was also a, a great part because when you're collaborating with each other, yeah. you win. Yeah. And this is what I keep trying to tell people is if we could just get out of our own shoes and think everything has to be the way we want it to be. Right. And we can do it as a group, as a collective. Yeah. That's when movement happens and that's when persuasion happens. Right. And so, again, I go back to what's happening in our world today. If we could just stop for a minute. And I don't understand what it's like to be black, but I have a lot of very beautiful African-American friends that I've learned through their culture through them. Yeah. So there doesn't become this divide. It becomes a learning process. Right. And now I have appreciation and a great gratitude for for how, you know, different cultures want to live. Right. And so that's where, to me, persuasion has to start right there. Right. Because uh, you can't possibly know what someone else is going through without stepping into their shoes. Right. And, And I don't know why people aren't willing to do that, but it's certainly definitely would yes. help this tension that's going on in the in the world right. today um but it starts with us it starts with us and i'm glad that we're talking about this today well, thank you. so our listeners can think about hey am i stepping into other people's shoes right um the other cases that you've worked on kobe bryant and scott peterson what what side were you on and what i happened was on there? the prosecution side on the kobe case and uh-huh. i was on the defense side for, the, for scott peterson's case okay which was a very intense um part of my life, uh, time I in bet. my life, because there was so much around the emotional side to that. A lot of I people bet. have stepped in and say, how could you do that? And again, everybody has the right to a fair story. I mean, no matter what right. happens, our system is the right that you get to tell your story 
And then how do you understand what the story means and how do you under, can you relate to the story? So you, the reason that you get a tide of emotion is because more people can emo, relate to something emotionally. Right. And when that emotion starts to move, that's when you get that tide, also persuasion, because emo- there's an emotional component to that. So it was a very emotional case. But I've also helped secure billions of dollars for large corporations. And, um, you know, I have small cases. I have large cases. Um, I, I just love to be able to help, you know, people that don't understand really complicated things like the law, uh, like science. Um, I have the opportunity to go in and try to explain that through visual and through story development, but to bring them along mm-hmm. on a path that really allows them to understand things in a very simple way. So just so people understand what you do, you actually uh, do the research and prepare like what the attorneys will take to the table as the argument or the the um, the the right information that right. they need well, to. Right. Well, let's look at it as evidence, basically. Yeah. So what happens evidence, is, yeah. right, you have evidence, okay. and you can't. You have to use the evidence. Everything has to be based on the evidence. Right. But when you have evidence that's so complicated, like let's say DNA. Yeah. You know, for somebody to sit down and understand DNA in an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So these people, scientists go to school for years and years. So my job is to simplify DNA so they can understand how it works enough so that when they go to make the decision, we lead them down the path to say, this is why it works this way. So you tell the attorney, here's the way you position it mm-hmm. to the jury. And present it. And, present and how, it. how it's presented. Right. And then they come back to me and then we collaborate again. It's a very yeah. collaborative process. Yeah. And then we get on whiteboards and we we draw it out and we see what it starts to look like based on all of the evidence. Everything has to be based and on evidence. How did you know that you had that gift to be able to see this in a different way and, and, and help these attorneys uh, make those cases? Well, when I was younger, I knew I didn't fit into my classroom. <laughs> I did not fit into my classroom at all. And so what happened was I, I was left-handed back the you know class kind of thing and I was I was an artist as a kid um, and most of my siblings are as well and so I never really knew how to learn through an auditory setting mm-hmm. so when I was younger I was always drawing and I was always but I was never doing well in school so I was told for my high school guidance counselor not to go to college I wasn't sure I'd make it I was told by my college I weren't sure I was going to make it in graphic design and then I got into this business and I started drawing out scientific methodologies that I was learning stuff in like quick oh, uh, And then you thought ways. if you could learn it easier, so I, then other people could. Right. And if I could do it through visual format. So the book basically came down to my intention with the book was I, as a kid, I was always frustrated with, I have to read first and look second. And I never could comprehend what I was doing. So I just got frustrated. Yeah. My book, I wanted to look first and then read. Oh, my gosh. that I so relate to that. So I have to see something and first. And see people. Reading money. makes no, no sense. Exactly. It's, I have to see it first. And you'd be and surprised at the percentage of people that are like this right. that we don't oh, even good. know it sometimes. So I brought that philosophy in and my advertising background into the courtroom to say, look, this is, I think, how people retain information. Yeah. We need to build relationships. You have to build the trust with people when you're going to be in front of them like that. And uh, those those parts of the formula have to all come together in order to hit persuasion. So right. it's been a fascinating, tr- fascinating trip. Right. For sure. Um, so I want to know, we're, we're going to talk about... Um, I, I, I want to know about your speaking gig first, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, the, what is it? The, the only woman the in the room. The only woman in the room, <laughs> yeah. which I think is a good play on the Enron documentary, The Smartest Guy in the Room. <laughs> right. And I'm just going to call you the smartest girl in the okay. room. Uh, <laughs> it didn't really come from that, but that's, that's, a, good, that's a good connection. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I wanted you to tell our listeners about, uh, I know you, you speak on this uh, uh, topic 
that um, can, is a takeaway for them today. Yes. So tell me a little bit about. Well, what... especially in my business, you know, there's and I think there's a lot of businesses out there. We are sometimes the only woman sitting in the room. And I go back to exactly how I have my formula. Mm-hmm. The, I have to understand who those men are in the room. Right. And there's you know, it's very interesting when you look at the two things that are very different. Women, sensitive, emotional, men, logical. The one thing we can always count on, the things we all need, is love, respect, compassion. And Whether you're a man or a woman. Whether you're a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And so when you can actually show that to a, a man and they know that you respect them, they will start to break that wall down. Mm-hmm. And I've always believed that to go in and be really aggressive and that type of thing never is going to work because they're going to take their stand, we're going to take our stand, and we're not getting this instead of saying, why aren't we getting this? Mm-hmm. Help me understand why you are making that decision, and how can you help me? And so, this is my very point, too, is that uh, we need to have more women at the table, yes. more CEOs, more senators, congressmen, business yes. owners that are women, because uh, we need to have a female perspective at each table exactly. because it gives it a balance. Yes. And like you said, each one brings something different to the table. And right. if you have both components at the table, you're going to have more success, which right. means the world's going to be a better place in every capacity. Right. More balanced. Yeah. More and balanced. I think that's part of the issue is that not having, you know, we've been, you know, pushed aside so many times that you have to have the confidence walking into there. And a lot of that is having the confidence within yourself mm-hmm. that if somebody comes back and says to you as an aggressive man and says no, that you just sit back and say, okay, and not fight it, but find a way to work together. Mm-hmm. This is where I think- Come in another door. We come in another door, but we come in based on their shoes, mm-hmm. right? We learn about them, we come back. And I do that with all my clients. I learn mm-hmm. about them. I understand where they went to school, where they're from. They're a little bit about their family and that type of thing so that I can actually have a better understanding. And that goes back to your book. I notice in your book you talk about know who you're talking to and that's how you can relate to them. Yes. And that's how you persuade someone is by relating Relating. to them. Right. That's the first step. If someone feels like you get them. Yes. And they they know that you've taken the time and you care. Yeah. You're not doing that in a way to manipulate. You're doing that in a sincere way. Right. To connect. To connect. Because the thing that, you know, people say to me sometimes, well, isn't that manipulating? It's like, no, that's a bad intent. When you have a good intention to get to know this person and respect them, that is a completely different line down the road. Right. And so what, what I always say is stop and take the time. Right. What happens if you ask this person who you're having, you're hitting bucking heads with, what do you do on the afternoons of Saturday afternoon? What do you do on Sundays with your kids or your family? And get to know them. They're going to respect that you actually care. Right. And to me, that is the first step. That is the first step. And again, we're seeing it on a day-to-day basis, yeah. just yeah. in race relations and everything else. Right. So right. it's been it's been really hard for me to sit back and watch when I, you know, all of a sudden I hear someone says, oh, Newt Gingrich says, oh, we need to, you know, we need to think about what the other person says. It's like, well, don't we already know that? You know, right, but we right. don't know that. It's but right. that's the mixed message. Right. That and it's that's very kind of simple a male perspective. Right. Um, you know, but this is exactly what I've been um, been saying is that, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, the world would be a better place if we just uh, try to get to know each other and uh be real with right. each other and uh, right. really care about other people and really have an interest in other people. Right. And I, I do think, you know, that is the key. And I want the uh, the show to, um, you know, have that messaging that, you know, this is 
people, uh, our viewers should understand that being your authentic self is the right. is the best, happiest place anybody could right. be. And, and you, then you'll relate to other people because you'll take a sincere interest in them. And that's, I think, what you're saying. And Well, I'm yeah. saying that we don't have yeah. to fit into that world. Yeah. I see a lot of women that want to fit into that world. It, rather than, yes. And be, rather than be themselves. I mean, right. It's a great point you're making because yeah. we want to fit in. So, you know, we have to be that instead right. of being our authentic selves. And Yeah. In other words, women that try to act like a man or be like a man and right. then they call her whatever and right. you know and and she wants to just be a woman you know right. i yeah i've and noticed this year uh as hillary's running i know she used to disown being a woman and now she's owning being a woman right. and i think that's an important message to little girls coming up is that you know uh you don't have to want to be something you're not to try to be in exactly. a position you want to be in exactly um everyone should have that fair shot man or woman and everyone uh, should be at the top of the uh, of the tree, you know, right. uh, whether it be CEO or senator or president or whatever. Right. Uh, that we need women in those positions in order right. to give a balance to the world. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I, I learned that as a very young age because yeah. I grew up on a farm, yeah. and my dad put me on the tractor over the boys. So yeah. I got that opportunity from my father. I don't even think he knew it, but yeah. I didn't have to. You know, I of course I had to earn that. Right. But I didn't have to be something I wasn't to sit right. there. And that message to you as a kid was I can do anything. I and can it's do not anything. like there's a girl thing and a boy thing, but there's there's this thing, riding a right. tractor and it, it's for a person. Yeah, it's for a person and yeah. it's it's a it's an honor. It's a it's yeah. something you work towards and that became this like badge of honor for me to yeah. be like, Okay, my brothers are down there and I'm up here. So yeah. it was kind of that moment where you're like, Wow, Rock I on. actually got to do this, right? Yeah. So it, I did learn that from a very young age from both my parents and yeah. you know, they're very um, you know, go out and work and, and yeah. work hard, but just be nice to people and be yeah. be caring and be empathetic to, and stop and just like what who's in front of you versus right. running over people. And you're people. a very strong woman. I mean, very smart, very well, strong-minded woman and obviously very successful. Thank but you. it's nice that you also have that real soft side down to earth and that you're just living proof that the two can coexist. Oh, thank you. That's very yeah. nice of you to say. Because yeah. that's well, what I believe. It's, yeah. it's one of those things that we can be strong. Yeah. We can be very strong and, and we can have an opinion and we can be upset. We can get angry. Yeah. But we can also be more empathetic because we do have the emotional side right. to balance. So if I think women yeah. would balance those two sides more, right. we would have a little bit better success in yeah. that way to say, okay, I can do this. Right. I don't have to fit into that. Not being afraid to be strong and not being afraid, afraid to, to be, be feminine. feminine. Yeah. That's one of yes, And exactly. the other thing uh, I want to talk about is we're going to be looking at a commercial that's uh, put out by Budweiser. It's comical, but, but, but very poignant uh, about women in equal pay. Right. And I want to know your opinion on how do we use this uh, persuasiveness in our culture to do something about equal pay? Because uh, I'm a big believer in let's not talk about the problems, let's talk about the solutions. And you're the ideal person to right. talk about, right. well, what is the solution? How, right. do we, how do we fix that? I mean, we've been talking about it for a long time, but how do we actually change it? Well, this commercial is perfect for that because, you know, as we were talking a little bit earlier, the persuasive moment in that commercial is the second that Seth actually relates to what Amy's saying. Yes. So what happens is she's not just informing him, but all of a sudden he's like, what? He hasn't stopped to really connect with that until that moment. And then what does he do? He calls his mom. 
And that's so great because that persuasive moment is right there when all of a sudden he can relate to what she's saying and then he feels bad for his mother. Right. That's where persuasion comes in. These are the places where we can open those small doors of just saying, hey, did you know this? Do you know how this affects you? You yeah. know, do I go it's to my brother? It's kind of like he stood in her shoes, like you're stood, saying. Exactly. It's exactly yeah. the beginning point. He saw yeah. all of a sudden stood in the shoes, and she stood in enough to tell him, right. here's where it is, and here's how it affects you. It affects right. your family. It affects your mother. It's like right. me. Have I ever sat down and had a difference of conversation with my brother on dry cleaning? No. Right. But if he really added right. it up right. and then saw what his wife is paying for dry cleaning and what he's paying for dry cleaning, he yeah. now can relate to, wow, why is this so different? Right. So we're going to roll that soon. Uh, and... Um, Exactly what you're saying, and the audience is going to get to hear it here in a minute, which is that uh, uh, Seth Rogen is in it with Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about how women pay uh, get paid less right. but pay more for products like right. dry cleaning and shampoo and hair and all sorts of things. And Seth has this epiphany, right, <laughs> that um, – you know, oh my gosh, what do you mean you get paid less? Like he didn't know. He didn't know that, you know, that you right. get paid less and pay more for products. What a and great now line. he relates it to his own mom. Mm, right. And then, you know, you'll hear the end of it. But basically, uh, he comes to this realization that, hey, wait a minute, this isn't fair, especially if it affects my mother. Well, you know, and the so, epiphany that I always say uh, to is when you don't. Ha- you have led somebody down a path that they don't have to make a decision. Yeah. The epiphany is the decision. Right. It's not a yes or no. Right. That's why I always say don't ask people a yes or no question because you may have 50% chance of losing what you want to get. Right. Right. Yeah. So what I always tell women is like, if you want an answer, yeah. don't ask, yes, can I ask for permission? Don't go into those arenas. Go right. into a place where you're actually educating this person on something like Amy Schumer does. Right. And the epiphany is like, I have to do something about it now. Right. He's said yes without yeah. saying yes right and that was what's beautiful about this commercial right right and it just he could relate to it it's it's totally the formula that's in my book 100 percent. right so right. i was excited to maybe see they that. read your book well i was excited <laughs> to see it i jumped up and yeah. i was like this is exactly what i'm talking yeah. about he could totally connect where can people find you at uh, Juliet Huck Group? Actually, the uh, HuckGroup.com. Huck, HuckGroup.com, uh, which Huck I think Group. is on the yeah, screen. It's on the screen. Yep. And then H-U-C-K. I also, and then I and also then have the uh, Academy uh, Persuasion Blogspot.com. Okay. And, uh, and and people can get your book on Amazon? No, they can actually get that on uh, the HuckGroup.com. On the Huck Group, yeah. and, and it's called The Equation of, of Persuasion. Persuasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and you've great. traveled all over the country uh, with your book tour, yes? Yep. we've done that. We've done yeah. the 30 cities with the radio tour um, for it, and it's been it's really been a great learning um, tool for people that want to re- reference, you know, how to present information, how to develop persuasive stories, how to get um, how color works in our lives to persuade. So oh, it's really extensive in that way that's, you know, and I talk about time, yeah. how timelines sometimes need to be presented in specific ways so that people understand why time can be persuasive. Right. Um, so it's di- a lot of different elements. Like I said, it's 20 years of my life that I've seen over the years and from Alaska to to Hawaii, to Florida, to New York. You've been, I've been in so many different types of cases and I just felt like it's time for me to pass on this knowledge and hopefully I can help somebody out there that's listening. Great. And uh, one word of advice to women? Word of advice? And their empowerment? Be yourself. Be yourself. I love that advice. And, and I, I say be yourself, and there's nothing like the power of femininity. There really is a power behind that. And it's a way to use it in not a physical or sexual way, but in a, in a mental way that you can really use your femininity to be strong, to be soft, to be empathetic, to be compassionate, and uh, just, just be yourself. 
Awesome. Yeah, Love great. that advice. Thank you. That's great. So let's take a look at that Bud commercial. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's funny, but it's poignant. Let's let's roll it. Bud Light Party here to discuss equal pay. Women don't get paid as much as men, and that is wrong. And we have to pay more for the same stuff. What? Yeah, cars. What? Dry cleaning. What? Shampoo. What? You pay more but get paid less? That is double wrong. I'm calling everyone I know, and I'm telling them about this. This has got to stop. Bud Light proudly supports equal pay. That's why Bud Light costs the same no matter if you're a dude or a lady. Yeah, Mom, you have to pay more for a car than Dad. No one treats my mom like this. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. So I hope you guys enjoyed that Bud commercial. Was that cool or what? Um, I think uh, we need to talk about that. And I am here with my next guest, Nick Casey, who is a groundbreaking entrepreneur in the shoe industry. Welcome, Nick Casey. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Great. Thank you. Good. Um, I just think you're one of the coolest people I know. <laughs> I, I, uh, we were just talking about people being their authentic self and... Uh, you are really the uh, epitome of that, and I've learned a lot from you, and I want my um, audience to be educated uh, about um, people that are born, uh, like yourself, born a woman, uh, but feeling boyish, and uh, you're in that trans uh, umbrella, but you like to refer to it more as like unisex, like your products, um, and that people, this is a conversation you and I have had, is that people uh, shouldn't be put in a box and neither should uh, products like shoes and, and clothing and people. Um, they don't need to be, you know, considered uh, one side or the other. Some people are just gender neutral mm -hmm. and, uh, and they don't feel like, uh, I know you've said to me, uh, I'm not a he or, or a she, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not neither and I'm not, and I am both. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's okay. basically like a very yeah. gray area and it's a very large spectrum, right? Right. So in terms of identity, there's this gigantic spectrum of how people are able to identify. Right. And whether you feel like you're a cisgendered female, which means you were a female born as a female, or you're trans female, which is you were born as a male, but inside you're a female, right. and then you transition. So for me, is I was born as a female with gender parts that are female, but my uh, inner self felt very much like a male right. for my whole life. Right. But as I grew older and matured and being part of the lesbian community and just learning to embrace that side of me, when I did transition and had top surgery and hysterectomy and all these things to gain a greater authentic self, I also realized that part of that authenticity was not just disregarding or throwing away, you know, the 30-something years of this female identity that I had to learn to embrace. Right. Right. And so that now my complete self is actually 
both sides, you know, right. and it's all sides. And so I think that... That's a beautiful thing. Exactly, you know, yeah. and now that we're all able to uh, come to terms with understanding that there's right. not necessarily this binary for genders, that you don't have to be one or the other, right? Right, and because of that, uh, you've decided to create these unisex products. Um, and so speaking of unisex, I think one of the most interesting things coming off that uh, commercial Correct. is that we should talk about how jobs should be unisex. Right. So a CEO should be uh, obviously a job for a man or a woman, and, and uh, even an auto mechanic should be a job for a man or a woman, or any job. Right. And so why we've put these uh, gender identities on jobs or pay mm -hmm. is really absurd when we think about it. Yeah. And so uh, a job should just be a job, and whether a man has it or a woman has it, the job should pay the same. Right. And the fact that it doesn't is just insane. And it, it, it's definitely something that we have to take a look at. And I was saying to Juliet Huck, um, how do we uh, change the conversation and what do we do to move this forward rather than just talk about it? And I think what you're doing is helping change that because uh, when we talk about uh, creating products that are for everyone, uh, it does flow over into us saying, and, and jobs should be for everyone, and we shouldn't uh, make them one or the other, a, a, a male or female job, male or female uh, products. And um, one thing that I found interesting that you told me uh, that when we were speaking earlier is that sometimes you're, people think you're a woman, and 50% uh, of the time, and 50% of the time they think you're a man. And so that you get this really unique perspective of how you're treated differently when they think you're a woman than when they think you're a man. And I find that fascinating because yeah. most women wouldn't know that they're treated differently. And then most, uh, and then when you get the treatment as being a male, you realize, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm giving some liberties that I wouldn't, wasn't being given thought and thought of as a woman. And that is fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just touched on so many things right right now um, in terms of you know gender identity and how that translates to how do we change the future for a more positive future where we look at you know both people and products from a genderless perspective right so my making the shoes and you know right now there's a lot of different you know companies that are coming out with whether it's agender or unisex clothing um, or not, you know, clothing for the non-gender binary, there's a lot of, you know, movement in terms of how do we create products that are just for people. Yes. For human beings, right? right? It's not like you have to be a woman to wear it or a man, you know? Like for years, looking for shoes, I love the style of masculine shoes, but I couldn't find them in my size. Right. Because in the fashion industry, they made Clothes. This is what a woman's shoes supposed exactly, to look like. Exactly, yeah. like so men should only wear these sizes and women can only wear these sizes. You know, and then they forget about the people maybe who had larger feet or smaller feet, right. regardless of gender. So right. my purpose, my mission is that I'm going to create products, you know, starting with shoes. Right. And then later, like, I think with, we're showing some of your shoes on the screen. Cool. Uh, and, uh, so that people can see right. what you're talking about. Yeah, but like, like you know, the, the stuff is to, to allow all people to wear it so that if right. they like the style... Yes. It doesn't matter what their identity or their gender is. They should be able to wear something. Correct. Um, and you started off with um, 
like men's style shoes, but in sizes for women as well. And now, right? But the fact that you just said that yes, already oh, is gosh, genderizing. Yeah, there, right? I, there I go. Yes. Okay, so it's really hard to break the <laughs> right. habit. And yeah, and then yeah. so that's why we have to, you know, try to, you know, change people's the way they think the process, yes. right? So like these shoes are just and I'm a perfect example. Genderless of that. shoes, yeah, right? Genderless so they're shoes. so the sizing is a universal genderless sizing. Right. So and I, but I, where I was going with that is yeah. then you're going to be making high heels, sh- high heels. Right. I won't say women Same size shoes. range, yeah. High, high heels, heels. F- like from size six to yeah, even smaller, to yeah, twelve or to, whatever. To men's like yeah. a, normally it would be a men's fourteen, but like 14. I use a genderless sizing, which is the European sizing. Ah. So that's from thirty-four to forty-seven. And speaking of Europe, I think Europe's a little further ahead than we are. I oh. noticed there's a, a, a. I was reading that there's a place in London called Selfridges, mm. and three floors of this department store now in London has genderless clothes. They call them unisex. Mm. And so a man or a woman can go to any of these floors, look at any of their products, uh, apparel, shoes, whatever, and they're not considered for either. They're products for people. And then you come in and they have them in all sizes and and whatnot. So whether you're a man, woman, or however you identify, those products are for anyone. Right. I mean, what made them, you know, pioneers in, in doing this is that instead of having a traditionally women's department and a men's department, they just had departments. So they had yes. an agender department so that it was fle- three yeah. floors where yeah. you can go in and not feel like you had to be part of one gender or the other. Right. Or, you know, even go Because it could be to, awkward to exactly, walk into exactly. the other and, one's I mean, department. That's yeah. my whole life story, right? Yes. Like every time I went to go buy a shirt or a blazer, like going yeah. to the men's department, they'd be like, you're in the wrong section. Right. You right. know, and so we're trying to basically, let's change everyone, the whole world. Let's change their perspective so that right. like, Everything is not about gender. Right, yeah. and that's why I wanted to have this discussion because yeah. we have to educate people. Absolutely. And yeah. they have to understand why it's important. Right. I think we have to get to the why. And, um, you know, this this department store is one stepping stone toward that. And I read that probably in the next 10 years, we're going to see a lot more yes. of uh, genderless clothing or mm-hmm. not, what is it, non gender specific clothing right. and, and or and agender, shoes yeah. Agender. I mean the goal okay. is that eventually one day we are just gonna look at each other as people, people right? Yeah. And be like, Oh, that's a great jacket. Yes. You know, it doesn't need to be like Right. It is a great jacket, yeah, right? isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean the, yeah. when you look at your glasses, like those yeah. are not necessarily genderized, right? Right. And I think that's one small step, right? Sneakers yeah. are slowly moving towards being non gendered as well. Right. You know, even watches, I think women And it, let's explain to people why it's important. Because maybe somebody listening yeah. or watching no. doesn't uh, understand why it's important. It's well, so I mean, of, you brought up a very good point about equal pay, right? Like, so that was one of the biggest reasons why it's important is because if we can change everyone's perspective about how gender does not equate to, you know, talent, skills, expertise, you know, right. style, like all of these things, right. then you're going to start seeing the value. Right. Right. So that. So the person walks in the door for the job. Exactly. It's not, uh, is this man right for right. the job or should we hire a woman? It's, uh, is this person right for the job? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's important. Yeah. I One mean, of like, the reasons. Yeah. When we were having our conversation previously, like I was telling you about how, you know, there, there, I was reading an article about how a transgendered male started talking about his experience after he transitioned and came out as male. Then all of a sudden he started getting promotions and started getting paid more and got, yeah. you know, 
notice for like the more important jobs, the executive jobs. Right. And, and, and you said you've been treated differently. Oh, yeah, didn't totally. didn't address that really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when I, and when I go out and I go like, you know, to the grocery store, I'm on a daily basis, you know, throughout the day, I can be called sir and ma'am throughout the day. Right. So I'm like still dressing the same way, but some people will think I'm one way and some people will think I'm another. And it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I just think it's interesting how they treat me differently. Yeah. So when I get served a lot, I notice how I do get a lot of that male privilege. Yeah. Whereas when I get, but when I get mammed, I also get the female privilege. You know, it's very interesting because, you know, maybe they'll hold my door. Yeah. You know, whereas like right. when I get thought of as a sir, they just kind of like expect me to hold the door, you know? Right. It's very traditional it, yeah, in our it's culture. It's very, yeah. Right. And there's, so there's this like traditional gender binary of like mm -hmm. how you're supposed to behave. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, we should all be holding each other's doors, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all a spiritual being. Exactly. And this is just a shell case, exactly, right? Yeah. To humanize us. And I think if a man or woman is listening and thinking, um, well, how does this apply to me? The bottom line is every person has this degree of feminine and masculine in them. Right. Whether you're a man or a woman or, you know, whatever, uh, trans or, or however you're feeling, every person, every person has a degree of masculine and feminine within them. And I think as people get older and evolve, they tend to tap into more of realizing that they really do have both within them. Mm. Um, and that that's why it's important the first conversation with Juliet Huck is about standing in other people's shoes right. to have empathy. Right. And that's uh, basically what this conversation is about for trans people. It's stepping into their shoes and understanding, um, oh, I see my, my masculine and uh, feminine side inside of myself uh, is just in a different degree in them. And let me right. honor and respect that and have empathy for that. And uh, let's start looking at people um, as people. Exactly, yeah. and it, beyond like trans or yes, you know, like, right. like all, all these, of these things, it's just like yeah. you know what? What if we just treat each other with respect and dignity because we're human beings? Right. And when I look at Catherine, I don't think female. I don't think right. you know. I just think awesome human being. Yeah. Well, yeah. back at you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, I think that um, that if we do that the equal pay thing will fall into place because exactly. everybody will be thinking, oh, this is a person, they're qualified, this is what the exactly. job pays, no matter exactly. who's in that position. Exactly. But I do think we need to take action. Like, I'm always a great believer, we can talk about it, mm -hmm. but anything in history that's actually been changed uh, took some action. Is there anything you can think of that we could be doing uh, to move this forward, the equal pay? Um, well, I think, you know, from business perspective, obviously, is like support the small business that are trying to create this kind of change through mm -hmm. first hand, you know, yes. productivity, right? In terms of speaking of that, yes. your website is up, nickcasey.com. Oh. <laughs> and I want to mention that I have a pair of your shoes and I love them. I get so many compliments. Thank you. And um, I think that if people want to support you, <coughs> they can come to. Um, your website, nickcasey.com, N-I-K-K-A-C-E-Y, I mean, K-A-C-Y, -E yeah. <coughs> and um, they can support you by getting a pair of shoes. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, part of the, the design is that, you know, when you wear them, you can kind of spread that word of, like, 
equality. So there's actually an equal symbol on the shoes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, going back to the, you know, how do we make change for equal pays? I want to say one thing about okay. your sho- shoes before okay. we move on from that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep they're plugging cu- my shoes. <laughs> yeah. They're custom made. You yes. have them made overseas in, in Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. They're like handmade. They're beautiful. Thank you. And just high quality. So it's not like, yes, you made a unisex product, but you made it like really good quality nicely styled right. uh, product that looks amazing and feels great. So I just want to yeah. say that. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and part of that reason was because for years, when you look at like female shoes, shoes made for women and shoes made for men, men's shoes were always better quality mm-hmm. and less expensive. Mm-hmm. Whereas women's shoes, they were lesser quality because they expect women to buy shoes on a more regular basis so they right. don't need to last. And they knew that women would pay more money for it. Mm-hmm. So for me, everyone, doesn't matter who you are, you can wear my shoes, you pay the same. Everyone pays the same. <laughs> and they're like all that. high quality. And they're all yeah, high quality, so. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so anyway, you were saying... Um, yeah, proactivity in terms of like how do we make change for equal pay is like supporting you know, your state and you know federal legislature that helps with that. And also every day at work, on the street with all all the people that you have interactions with how do you mm-hmm. change your communication style how do you effectively promote equality mm-hmm. through just your own behavior i think right. that's the best way to do it right that's why it's important that people uh, let people know who they are so that they know they know somebody who is gay or transgender exactly. or, or whatever ethnicity exactly. jewish or yeah. whatever that um they own it uh so that they know oh i like that person oh therefore i can identify with embracing that that uh, uh sensuality or that uh or that um ethnicity or mm-hmm. that religion or whatever um i think you know by being really authentic with who we are that helps yep. break down those barriers exactly yeah yeah um, so tell me what's ahead for nickcasey.com I know you have a new product line coming out yes and you would be open I think to uh, an investor if it was the right fit yeah that somebody that really believed in your vision exactly and uh, gets that this is this is trailblazing you're a pioneer in, I mean, that's why you were in Fortune magazine, uh, because you were you were what you're doing is groundbreaking. I know when you went out to these uh, shoe factories and said, "Hey, this is what I want to do," they said, "You know, like any trailblazer, they're like, you're crazy, you can't do right. that." And you know, it wasn't easy. Right. Anybody who thinks starting a, a groundbreaking new business is easy, you know, hasn't started one. Right. So I really applaud what you've done and your perseverance and Thank your you. vision. Yeah, I know yeah, you I'm left excited. a high-profile job at yeah. Google to. It definitely was not an easy decision to make, but I'm glad that I made it and that I have been, you know, received well and have a lot of support and friends and made new friends from it. Um, You know, my first collection was called Fortune for a reason because I really believed in spreading that fortune that, you know, we're going to make products that's going to help everybody feel authentic. Mm -hmm. So the second collection I decided to name Destiny. I love it. Because it is, I felt like it is our destiny to get to that point where, like, we should be able to express ourselves in a way that is not, you know, limited. You know, we should be able to freely express ourselves and be our most authentic selves. Right. Uh, And then getting to this point of getting to the high heels, which is the ultimate goal of creating a truly gender equal and gender neutral shoe line, right? Right. Um, So we're doing... Uh, a fashion show for New York Fashion Week uh, yeah, in That's September great. with Dapper Q. And uh, we'll be partnering up with uh, my 
brother from another mother, Sharp Suiting, uh, who does uh, custom tailored suits. Great. Uh, and this is all in the unisex uh, products, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, gender neutral uh, mm-hmm. unisex. And, uh, you know, it's been really uh, just an interesting ride, and I've gotten to... Oh, I think you've only just begun. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. so th- I, I think so, and I'm hoping that, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll go on for I'd a I'd like long to see time. this on QVC. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'd love to yeah. see how it would yeah. do. I think, yeah. you know, I bet you there's a whole market out there that people aren't even aware of, but yeah. they would order it from the their home yeah you know you because so? some people aren't yeah. you know necessarily out in the open with what it is mm-hmm. that they would like but mm-hmm. um i think that um having the to be able to be ordering it from something where like qvc would yeah. be very cool i don't know and, i prefer like maybe like nordstrom or like yeah Barney's. and i was gonna say then the <laughs> yeah. next thing would be to be in the department yeah, yeah, stores yeah. of course but i know in order to ramp up for that uh you need the right investor and mm-hmm. somebody who would uh be already in that space yeah that sees your incredible vision and uh, would like to ride that wave with you and, yeah. and help make change. Somebody right. that really uh, sees that this is gonna help make the world a better place just with these products and, and how, like you said, it'll flow over into equal pay and, and yeah. things like that because uh, people start seeing everything, jobs and, and products as unisex. Yeah, I mean, yeah. last last year when I first uh, started the Kickstarter campaign to raise funds I did get some interest you know from uh, you know companies or sites that wanted to carry my shoes but I thought it was really important for me to build the brand first so that mm-hmm. people understand like Nick Casey is synonymous with equality you know and, and things like that that help build the brand to the sense that when it does finally get carried by another name mm-hmm. that it doesn't get lost in that translation, right. you know. Right, and, and I know you uh, also have started calling the product gender equal, and I correct. like that yeah. term, gender equal. Yeah, yeah, because essentially that is what it is. You no, know, yeah. like gender neutral, I think sometimes is they make a male or masculine shoe in a woman's size, but the proportion is different, so it's not truly equal. Right. For me, it's truly equal because it's the same shoe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think people identify more with unisex because they kind of get that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, which is fine. Yeah. Would, however, I like know, to call it unisexy. Unisexy. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. That that would be you, Nick. <laughs> <Shucks>. <laughs> yeah, that's your new that's your new nickname. <laughs> so, um, what would your advice be to uh, our listeners? You know about empowering women and people and you know just uh you know what 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 steps can we take to for this uh, empowerment path i think the number one thing for me is just like to be honest mm-hmm. right to be honest with yourself to be honest with everyone around you to be visible um and to speak up for for what you see is unjust right mm-hmm. right too what many people get very comfortable not speaking up because they don't want to rock the boat, they don't want to take a risk. Or they're afraid of what other people think. I think that's the biggest thing. And uh, if we would all get past uh, worrying about what other people think Mm -hmm. uh, and do what we believe, you're going to find that most people will respect that more than you uh, not saying what you believe. So um, if they would walk through that fear, they would see that they get to the other side and it's a a much happier, more empowering place. Exactly. So Mm. thank you so much for being in the show. Yeah. Uh, I just really admire you and respect you. Likewise. And I wish you all the best with NickCasey.com and your shoe line, which I think is just amazing. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this project. Thanks. Well, uh, at uh, 360karma.com, 
we would love to have you visit our community. We have a conference coming up in November. And uh, every week we're going to be showcasing these awesome 360 Karma women who are just doing amazing work in the world. They're paying it forward and giving back. And like I said, it's all about women helping women and uh, those that support us. And uh, just ha- make it a great day. H- hugs and happiness to all. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Wednesday at noon. Thanks.